about prayer and the prayers that God answers. And one of the things that, uh, just kind of reiterating this, is, is, uh, is casting all our care upon Him. Casting all our care upon Him. We, we get caught up. I'm going to get a little ahead of myself here, I know, because I'm, I'm going to talk more about this in a minute. But we, we, we sometimes, we bring to the Lord when something's really bad or something gets bad, or that then we come to the Lord. But do we honestly bring everything to Him? Do we bring our cares to Him? Because there are small cares that oftentimes we keep and we go, I'm not going to trouble the Lord with that. I'm just, I'm just not going to, you know, the, the Lord's got other things to deal with. Do you think for one second that your bringing a small prayer takes away anything from somebody else? Do you think it takes his attention away? He, he, could, he, could, be, he could go create another whole universe or something that's in a whole different dimension than us at the same time as he's answering your little prayer, what we think is so small, and would not diminish his power one iota. Okay, so, so we get this idea that maybe we're inconveniencing him. Sometimes we're pretty self-reliant. Uh, I, Catherine, you know the story on this one. Um, but sometimes, I'm not going to give a name, but you, you'll know the story of this. Sometimes we're in the hospital, and I go, I go, well, why didn't you let us know you were in the hospital? Well, I didn't want to trouble anybody. I didn't want to trouble anybody. I didn't want, I didn't want to, you know, I don't want to inconvenience anybody. I don't want to put them out. I'm like, are you kidding? We're family. If you're in the hospital, we want to know because we love you and we want to pray for you. So I was having this real conversation. And so later on, this person was telling me that they didn't really want us, they didn't want to inconvenience us to have us praying for her. There's other needs, other things that need to be prayed for. And uh, so a little later, she says, well, I'm praying for that one there. I'm praying for that nurse. I'm going, don't do that. I said, don't do that. You... She kind of looked at me kind of shocked. I said, don't be praying for them. That, that, you know, that's just, that's inconvenient. That's too much trouble. That's a lot of trouble to do that. She says, oh, it's no trouble at all. I said, gotcha. See, it's no trouble at all. You're wanting to pray for them, but you got to let us pray for you. So, folks, even if it's a little thing, even if it's praying for a tractor that won't start, I've told you all that story. My friend and, and his tractor that wouldn't start, and his son said, Dad, let's pray about it. Pray about it. Amen? Give it to the Lord. Well, that's the attitude. If we don't get anything else out of what we've talked about in the last three weeks, take it to the Lord in prayer. Whatever it is on your heart, take it to the Lord in prayer. Don't hold it. Don't sit on it. Don't think he's, you know, he's busy doing something else. It's as though there's no one else alive. His focus is on you. And it doesn't take his focus off anybody else. He's that great. When I'm talking the word great, I'm talking about he's that big. He's that powerful. He's all-knowing. All power could go out of... He could, he could do all this power going out, and it doesn't diminish one bit. So pray. Pray, pray, pray. Take it to him. So we talked about these ten prayers that we can pray. And the first was this, was save me. We said that, you know, if you call out on the Lord, if you call on the Lord for salvation, if you really, now listen, that don't mean you come to the altar and in an emotional position you just prayed some magic words because maybe you didn't want to go to hell. That's not, that's not what it's about. But when we really understand our sin, 
We understand that our sin has separated us from God. We come to that place of conviction. When the, and conviction is when the Holy Spirit's drawing us. He uses the Word of God. The Holy Spirit of God uses the Word of God to bring conviction in our heart. And when He brings that conviction, folks, that's drawing. He's drawing you at that point. And, and, and it's, that's when we respond. And so if, if, you, if you come to that place of understanding you need to be saved, and you come to the Lord and call out, Lord, I'm a sinner, please save me, He's going to answer that prayer. I don't know of a single person ever who said, no, I was broken. I, was rep- I came to the Lord and he said, no. I don't know of one testimony of that. The Lord, the Lord when we pray, Lord, save me. He, and, and it's sincere from the heart, repentant prayer by faith. The Lord saves us. The, the second one we talked about was uh, in Psalm 139 where it says, Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way and lead in the way everlasting. And so you want a quick answered prayer. There's another one. Search me, O God. Fact is, he's already searched you. He, he even right, he's every moment he knows exactly where we are. So it really, to pray that prayer is almost a prayer of, it, it, it's really this. Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to quit hiding stuff. I think I'm hiding it. I'm going to quit playing games with you. Lord, search me, search me and, and know my heart. Well, he knows our heart. And then try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. And then lead me in the way everlasting. You pray that prayer sincerely, the Lord will answer that. He'll search your heart. He'll reveal to you what, what needs to be revealed. He'll show you. You, you. you go, Lord, search my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. He'll reveal it to you. Real quick, if you're sincere in that, try me and lead me. He'll answer that. Forgive me. You ask for forgiveness. We talked about that, and it's really more of coming to the, the Lord in a, a place of confession. As believers, we talked about... Um, when we are saved, all of our sin is forgiven. It's all forgiven. That, that was before my salvation. That was to, to, to the point of my salvation. And all beyond my salvation, sins I've not even committed yet, the Lord is already, they're forgiven. They've already been forgiven. But I can, I can do things that hinder my fellowship with Him. I can break the fellowship with Him, not the relationship, but the fellowship because of sin in my life. And so when I, you know, when we come to the Lord, we're, we're broken of that. We're contrite. We're repentant. And we come to the Lord and we ask Him to cleanse our heart, to forgive us. He's faithful in that. First John one nine. That's to that's to believers, not to unbelievers. Um, if we so if we come to Him and we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Fourth one we looked at was uh, glorify yourself through me. The Lord wants to use each one of us as His children. That's why we're here, is to bring glory to God. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You pray for God to use you. I can promise you, if, you, if you're sincere in that, He'll use you. Now, you may say, Lord, use me, and then you don't, you don't look for it. We, we talked with some. Miss Linda's excellent with that. Miss Jeannie Best, we, we mentioned that last week. Miss Jeannie was on her trip, Mr. Mr. Plane Ride or her train ride, and she didn't get upset. They're smiling and laughing. And, and you know, before she left, she says, Lord, you, you guide and work and you give us opportunity to be a witness. Now, what would it mean? I mean what, what is that? If we miss a plane, first thing we do is we start griping because, oh, Lord, why didn't you make the plane stay for me? Maybe the Lord made you miss it intentionally so you'll be there so he could put you together with somebody that he's in his sovereignty. He's working out all of this to put you together with that person so you can witness to them. We leave the house in the morning and say, Lord, use me today. 
and we stop at the convenience store and we have a great opportunity to talk to somebody and we, and we, and we miss it. We just walk right by it. Sometimes we just got to stop. We, gotta, we don't have to stop always. We just slow down. Slow down. Anybody else feel like Florida is just like it, your hair on fire all the time? Is it just me? Anybody? Raise your hand if you feel like Florida is it's a, it's a busy lifestyle. If you grew up here, Dave, you grew up here, you know. But I've lived in, you know, we lived in Georgia. Georgia was, Georgia was a little busy, but it wasn't like hair on fire all the time. We moved to Indiana, and it was, you know, people, hard workers, they, they stay busy, but it didn't feel chaotic. It just, we come down here, and it, it, Florida feels chaotic to me. It feels like everything's running 90 to nothing. You get in the traffic, and everybody, they're 30 minutes late to wherever they're going. And it's like heart surgery, I guess, because they they're, they're risking lives to get wherever they're going. they got to pass you to get 15, 20 feet further up the road than just to follow eight other cars. It makes no sense. It, but that's what we feel like. Well, I feel like, I feel like sometimes hair's on fire. And uh, I think because of that, we miss a lot of opportunities. And we've got to learn to slow down and, uh, and look for those opportunities to, to be a witness. Um, reveal, let's see, so glorify yourself in me. Reveal more of yourself to me. He wants to do that. Uh, give me wisdom or clarity. We've talked about that, praying for wisdom. If you lack wisdom, the scriptures tell us to pray for wisdom, and the Lord will give it. If we need wisdom, how many of you, if we need wisdom, anybody here need wisdom? I need it all the time. I prayed this morning for wisdom. I prayed this afternoon for wisdom. I pray for every situation, every conversation, every... Everything, every circumstance, Lord, give me wisdom. You can't always stop in the moment and have a word of prayer at that moment. So you, you, you can pray ahead of time. Sometimes you can be prayed up for a situation that you didn't even know was coming. So be prayed up and, uh, and be ready. So pray for wisdom, and the Lord will give wisdom. He'll give clarity when we're, when we're asking for that. So we come to number seven. Number seven. And... Uh, Here's one we need sometimes. Strengthen me to obey. Strengthen me to obey. The Lord wants us to obey. And there, there's the song. I couldn't remember the words, so I wrote them down. Katie helped me with it last time. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Anybody heard that one before? It's just me and Katie. That's it, huh? Y'all have heard it before because I sung it one time or I tried to. But it's a little, it's a little chorus. And it goes, it goes, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Is that correct? And that actually is like the closing line of a, it's a longer song. But that's the only part I ever learned was that. That's the only part I ever heard was that. But um, obedience is important for us as believers. Amen? It's important. Uh, we all know that when the Lord, when the Lord asks us to do something, we need to be obedient. However, at times, it can be very, very difficult. Anybody find it difficult to always be obedient? I mean, we're like children, amen? We're just bigger. All we are is bigger children. Our children sometimes struggle with being obedient. And then I stop and think, oh, that's the way God feels about me. Son, how many times have I told you? Um, Sometimes we're waiting for something to happen, and it can be hard. And here's what we're tempted to do a lot of times. We want to take matters into our own hands. It's hard to be patient. We want, we, it's hard to be obedient. Uh, I see big smiles. I can always tell when I'm hitting a nerve or somebody going, oh, yeah, that's exactly right. And, um, you know, here's what we want to do a lot of times. We want to, 
We want to we help the Lord out a little bit. Well, I've been praying about it, and, you know, I, he's really busy. So I feel like, I feel like if I just do this, yeah, this would help him out. It's, it's, you know, that would be one less thing he'd have to worry about. We'd get down the road a little ways with this. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody got any ideas or examples of ways we try to help the, help the Lord out? Anything you can think of? Excellent. I don't think I, if I had had to describe this, I could not have described that better than what you just said. Because that's what we try to do sometimes. We pray for God. We, we, we ask Him to do something. And tend, tend to, we, we often ask, and, and I've told y'all, I don't, I don't think it's wrong to pray for someone's healing. We, do, we don't know what God's will is. When we know God's will on something, and if I prayed against His will, now there's a difference between not knowing His will. Someone's sick. Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to pray God just kills them, takes them home. That wouldn't be our prayer, right? We would pray... We would pray for their healing, but we would always we should always submit to His will. Amen. Now, if I don't know what His will is, I don't think the Lord gets mad at us when we're praying for what we think is someone's good. Okay, we we should do that. But but here's what we do a lot of times: we have a specific need in mind, and we pray wanting God to meet it a certain way. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? And what is what? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's excellent. We start moving the pawn, and and what what would that be? That what was that, Thomas? Yesterday, you did that yesterday. Oh yeah. You ever you ever start moving the pieces? You know what that? What there's a word for that. Anybody, anybody know what? If you can read my mind, what? Uh, maybe you're anticipating what you wanted to do. Manipulation. Manipulation. You're, you're on fire, man. <laughs> you want to come teach this? You want to come teach this? You're on fire. That's exactly, he's reading my mind. That's excellent. It is. We, get very, we can be very manipulative, right? So the way we start helping the Lord is we start going, we, we want to work things out and then say, well, God was all in that. I'm I'm learning. I have not learned. I'm learning to be patient, and I'm learning to let take just step back and let God work things out. Yes. So God is writing your story. Stop trying to take the pen. Yeah, that's good. That's what we do. And there's a lot of different ways we can do it. But it's ultimately if we don't wait, we start trying to, we're, we're maybe manipulating a situation. Very good. Um, so I'd say this. So when you have days of anxiety and doubt, ask the Lord to strengthen your obedience. Ask him to help you do what you've been commanded to do. Now, we've all been commanded to do something. 
We have. And people go, well, um, I'll, I'll say this. So you don't know what to do or so, so then here's what I'd say. You don't know what to do. Then what was the last thing that you knew the Lord told you to do? What was the last thing you knew that's what he told you to do? Then do that. Do that. And continue to do that until further instructions. I kind of equate it to, Rob, that'd be kind of military-like, wouldn't it? So if you had orders, you do what your orders said until you get new orders. Is that correct? Is that the military way? I, I, God works that way as well. And, and you know, I, I would put it in this context a lot of times with ministry. Uh, I see pastors, I, I don't, I've been through, I, the Lord has moved me. I've never once, and I hope, I, I, would, I would hope all pastors are this way. I've not once made a move, and I wasn't a pastor until I came here. Yeah, I was, I was an associate pastor. But every move I've made in ministry, I can see God's hand absolutely with clarity in it. And I tried to get to that before the decision to see that. Those decisions oftentimes were made by faith, but I look back on every single one of them and I can see God's hand was absolutely in it. But we and Gina would attest to this. We would pray for weeks and weeks on things, for some things, months and maybe even up to a year or more, praying for the Lord's leading. And you just wait. You wait on Him. And, you, and, you, and when you see it, though, you respond. So for some pastors, though, and I'm going to pick on us pastors. Here, here's what I see. I've, I've, I don't know that I've yet to see a pastor leave a church to take a smaller church. Anybody ever seen that? Anybody ever seen a pastor leave a church to take a smaller church? It's always the Lord's will, but it's always a bigger church, greater influence, greater, maybe more, more money. I don't, I'm not knocking those things, but I'd say this, it... It needs, if it's not the Lord's will, you shouldn't do it. And, and we got to make sure, you know, here's what would happen. We got some frustrations in the church. We got some difficult people. They just, they get on my nerves. We got this difficult problem or we got this or that or whatever. I just don't get my way or whatever. And so we go, you know what? I just believe the Lord's, I believe the Lord's moving me. And we start using the Lord as an excuse for doing something. What we need to do is make sure the Lord said do it. We, need to, we really need to wait. We need to listen. But whatever it is God told you to do, if it's teach a Sunday school class, if it's, uh, you know, if it's to play an instrument in the praise team, until the Lord gives you instructions, clear instructions to do something different, then, then, then carry on. Uh, but if you feel like the Lord's moving you, then sincerely pray and ask Him for guidance and wisdom. Does that make sense? But when the Lord tells you to do it, then be obedient and do it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Come on now. Y'all can do better than that. Amen. When the Lord tells you to do it, then do it. Amen. And be obedient to it. Yeah. So the, I think about the phrase, be still and know that I am God. When, when I hear that, it reminds me to be still and remain obedient. Because the Lord is working even when I can't see it. He, he has not forgotten me, Thomas. Not once. Has He ever forgotten you, Thomas? No. Not once. Not once. And there's times where I've, I, there's times where I felt like the Lord was working and, and, and maybe moving us or doing something. Didn't know what it was. But I, what I've learned, I learned just to, to wait.
think I got it tight enough. It was trying to come loose. It's going to die again. Um, what's that? Just wait. Uh, th- there were times where, where we were, um, you know, we felt like the Lord was preparing us for something. And, and even, I, here's an example. I'll give you an example. Before we moved down here, it, we were in Indiana, and I had, I had two different churches called me about coming and candidating. I went to a church in Johnson City, Tennessee, beautiful area. Anybody know Johnson City? Beautiful area. Great little church. They were running 125 people, had money in the bank. The buildings were paid for. I mean, just a wonderful area, great stuff. We went. And something just did not, something didn't feel right. But I didn't know what, I didn't know what did or didn't feel right. I just, I just did And there was no decision to make. There was no decision to make because they hadn't said, we're going to call you or any of that yet. So we had candidated and, and, um, but I knew the Lord was working. So I didn't know if this was what he was doing or what. And we prayed, Gene and I prayed about it. We were actually down here on vacation and had left church Sunday morning, walked out, sat in the car and got the phone call. And they said, hey, we took a kind of did a straw poll today and we're going to present you to the church next week as our candidate for pastor. And it was like I swallowed dynamite or something. My stomach just, and I knew. I didn't know till that moment, but I knew that was not what we were supposed to do. And so we withdrew from that. It wasn't too long after that. We we had a a church plant in uh, Chattanooga called us. And we went on that, went and candidated on that. And again, I felt like the Lord was moving us. And then I look back on it, and I feel like maybe he was. But I was kind of searching for, well, maybe that's it, or maybe that's it. So we went through the plant situation in Chattanooga, and again came to a situation where they were ready to call us, and we knew this is not what we're supposed to do. And so I said, I'm not doing that again. I said, I am not, Lord, until you speak to my heart and tell me what I'm supposed to do. I'm not moving. I'm not, I'm not searching for anything. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not candidating. And I don't even, uh, there was a conversation I had with Aaron Reynolds about FCA. And it, God spoke to my heart. I mean, I'm driving a bus with, uh, I think it was our seniors. And our seniors ministry, driving a bus back from a Indians, uh, Indianapolis Indians minor league baseball game. And driving back, we'd had a conversation while I was at the ball game. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, that's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Florida and, and do FCA. Now, it's easy to look back on that and see that's how I got here. But I knew that's what the Lord wanted me to do. And I didn't come down here to do FCA to try to find a church. I wasn't looking for a church. So it's just listen to the Lord. Be obedient to what he says and just wait on him. Be still and know that he is God. Let him do the work. Um, number eight, help me find peace. Anybody need that one answered sometimes? Help me find peace. Our lives can be chaotic, not to mention all the things that are going on in, our, in the world. With everything going on, finding peace sometimes seems impossible. The Lord does not want us living in a state of anxiety and stress. Let me say it again. The Lord does not want us living in a state of anxiety and stress, and he will always answer and help us find peace. When there's not peace, it's not his fault. When we don't have peace in life, it is not the Lord's fault. 
Now, there may be things, there may be other circumstances at times where there's some anxiety that's coming from something else. It could be medications. Man, with stuff today with all the meds that we take and the side effects, there could be things that are affecting you that way. But a lot of times, the anxiety is simply we're not submitting to the Lord in, in some area. And so we end up with anxiety. The Lord doesn't want us living in that condition. And so he's looking for ways to help with that because he wants to. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, Therefore submit, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, therefore humble, look, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He didn't say, I'm going to humble you. It says you humble yourself. That means we put ourselves under his hand, under his authority, under what he's doing in our lives. We submit to that. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7, casting, I think, uh, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. We've talked about this verse. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. If you don't humble yourself, you're not going to cast your care on him. Do you see that here? Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. When we humble ourselves before the Lord, He can exalt us in due time. Cast all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Cast all your care upon Him. All of it. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be, be anxious, or different translations say careful. I think the King James says careful. Be careful for nothing, but be anxious for nothing. It, the word just means Careful, it means full of care. It means anxiety. Be full of care for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There's, you know, we won't, we won't, we'll go buy a book from somebody that says seven, seven steps to a happy life. And here's, here's like three steps to having peace. And we won't follow the simple scriptures, but we'll go buy a $20 book to listen to seven steps from some, some guy that's just trying to make money off, off of you. That, here's the answer. You don't want to be full of care. The Lord doesn't want us to be full of care for anything. He doesn't want you anxious about it. But in everything, there's, okay, in all things cast all your care upon him. That kind of goes in here. But in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. That's an important part. Don't miss that. With thanksgiving. And then let your request be made known unto God. You, you, whatever you're stressed about. Um, Jordan t- was telling me her husband Ben is preaching, I don't know, maybe later this month or early next month. He's going to do his first message at their church. And they're probably running 350 now. Well, he hadn't preached a lot. First time I ever preached to a congregation, there was probably 70 people there. It was a Sunday night, smaller crowd. I knew, I knew three months out when I was going to preach. And every time I thought about it, I about got sick at my stomach. And so what I did, I prayed. Every time I felt nervous or anxious at all, I stopped and prayed. Probably, the truth be known, I've probably never prayed in my life as much as I prayed in those three months. But I can remember sitting right there sitting right there that night, and I knew I'm going to go up there and I'm going to open my mouth and nothing's coming out. I had that fear. So even sitting there, a few minutes before going up, I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to die. I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm not, but so what I do, I stopped and prayed. I got up there, first thing I did, I stopped and prayed. And so with prayer, 
And then what happens is the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. The, who, who, so uh, what is God? Now may the God of peace, may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Here's the point of that. Our God is the God of peace. Our God is the one that raised Jesus from the dead. If he can raise Jesus from the dead, what have we got to worry about? Right? So just, we just need to draw close to Him, right? Get close to the God of peace. He raised the dead. He can handle our problems. Let Him. Here's what we do. We manipulate. We get in the way of what He's trying to do. Um, sometimes, folks, and, and I've, talked, I've talked with our deacons about, I don't know if we have a, do we have any deacons in here tonight? I have a couple. We got a couple of deacons in here tonight. I've talked to, I think I've talked to these guys. I know I've talked, I think I've talked to the whole group about this. Um, because they handle money and helping with needs. Can I tell you that every financial need is not necessarily a financial need? Do you think, that's hogwash, preacher. You know, sometimes God uses a financial need to get our attention spiritually. And what we tend to do because we're generous, first thing we want to do is throw money at a situation. That's the first thing we want to do is throw money at it. That sometimes, folks, I think we get in the way of what God's trying to do. God's trying to work and trying to help somebody and teach somebody, and we thwart the work that He's doing in their life by us coming in and we want to help. Make sense? That's just one example. But we can get in the way real quick of what God's trying to do. God's working a situation, and no, 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 I've got it in my mind. You know, we, we got a staff, we got a staff need. And I, I go, you know what? This is what this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. And I'm convinced this is what we need to do. And so others say, no, that's not what we need to do. And I go, this is what we need to do. And so I try to, I'm going to try to work and make it happen. Instead of letting God work and make it happen the right way in his time. Amen? Amen. Man. Let me hurry real quick. i got two minutes. Um, if God is peace, then to know God is to bask in His peace. The closer we draw to Him, the more of His peace we can enjoy. John, uh, James 4.8 says, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So you want, to be, you want to be close to the God of peace? That's a great way to have peace in your life is be close to the God of peace. And so how do we draw close to God? Well, well the way He draws close to us is we draw close to Him. So draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. And God gives us clear instructions about how to, how to draw near to him because James 4, 8 continues, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Psalm 24, 3, look, look what it says. It says, Who may ascend into the, ha- the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. You want to get close to the Lord? Clean your hands. 
Purify your heart. What is that? It's repentance. It's coming to the Lord. It's repenting. It's keeping our relationship right with him. Uh, he who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. So there in James, James is really quoting from Psalm 24 in, in that of what we need to do. But we can draw close to the Lord. So how do we draw near enough to experience his peace? Jesus uh, says in John 14, verse 26, he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, there it is, the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit helps us. We, he is God. So when the Holy Spirit is, is within us, God himself is in us. But he allows us to. He allows us to draw close to the, to, to the Lord through, through our relationship with Him. He's within us. So we, it, there are easy ways. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but, but by me. So the only way we can come to the Father is through the Son. And, and so as we draw near to the Son, we are close to the Father. So it, it's all about you want peace, get close to God. Sometimes here's what Satan does. We have problems, and here's what happens. The problem's here. Here's God, and here's us. We let the problem grow, and it becomes bigger in our minds than it really is because what do we tend to do? We hear the C word. What does our mind and everything go? What do we focus on? I'm talking about cancer. Y'all are going, what's the C word? We hear the C word. We, we go to the doctor, we got a problem, you know, I've got this pain down here. We go, we get, doctor feels around and, and oh, 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 yeah, I feel something there. Let's get a scan. We get a scan, we go in and we sit and what do we do? We fear, we fear they're going to say, well, it's cancer. Well, it may or may not be. I'm learning. I don't worry about stuff until I got something to worry about. And then I, and then I try not to worry when I got something to worry about. I'm going to let the Lord worry about it. So it's like the genus thing. They're feeling around her neck and. He goes, yeah, there's a, there's a thing in there about like that. And I thought he was, what a stupid, sick joke, Doc. That's ridiculous. I mean, he's going like golf ball. He ain't got no golf ball on her neck. I said, looked at him kind of funny. Really? He goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, it needs to come out. Well, then he starts talking about we got a biopsy. It might be cancer. So you get those things start running through your head, right? Well, what happens? Heard the C word. So cancer. Cancer, 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 cancer. It's, it's just super big. And, and when we let cancer get bigger, 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 what happens to the Lord in our sight? All of a sudden, he's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. What we've got to do is keep our eyes on the Lord because he's bigger than all this other stuff. He's bigger. So simple. That's how we can have peace. Amen. All right. I want to introduce you to somebody. Miss Debbie, stand, would you stand up? This is Debbie Williams, Dannenhauer. Debbie Williams dash Dannenhauer. Was your name Williams? Is Dan, which one's Williams? Is that, is that you and your husband's names? Which one was Dannenhauer? You? Were you a maiden name? My first husband passed. Okay. Gotcha. Excellent. Got it. Got it. Debbie Williams. Um, Debbie has been training. And we're working through the process, and it looks like we're going to bring Debbie on as our as an interim secretary. And so she's been working with Kristen, and Kristen's training her. Kristen's still going to be here. She's still going to handle our finances, still doing that part of it, and still be available, which I'm thankful for. And uh, Miss Debbie is learning. We we were we took the fireman's hose, 
what day? What was that? What day was that? Thursday? Thursday. And just she said it was like drinking from a fire hose. So Kristen's doing a great job of getting her up to speed. But you're going on, you're going to Columbia, the country of Columbia, for two weeks. And uh, when she comes back, we're going to get her uh, going part-time as our, as our secretary and see how that goes, okay? So y'all pray for Miss Debbie. Amen? Amen?